brother, I know it's not healthy, but you got, you just got to preach the word and eat the bird. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, it makes me think that, you know, when everybody's being picky at the potluck dinner about the thing, just, just shut up and eat the bird. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to Reason Together, the podcast for Christians who think about stuff. I'm Thomas here as always with Daniel. And good morning. Or whatever time Good it morning. is that you're How are listening you? to this. I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you. No, I got, oh, I know I'll be the old fogey uh, here and say, uh, the weather is nice. I have to comment on the weather because I can't comment on the gas mm-hmm. prices. Um, uh, the, uh, the, I, I like this uh, 50 to 70 range. That, that uh-huh. to me is, uh, that's great. Right there, sweatshirt yeah, weather, yeah. you know, can work and kind of, you know, be warm enough, but not be like bringing wet with sweat and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. I like it too. Nice. We had to turn on the heat for the first time this season. Yes. Uh, <laughs> this morning. So you know, we're, we're that time of year again. Yes, we are. Uh, and uh, those of you listening to us, we don't know where you're listening to us from. Maybe you're in some tropical <laughs> climate somewhere and you enjoy it and that's great. Hey, fine. Um, <laughs> thanks for uh, tuning in. <laughs> And uh, we want to thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash reason together uh, who have uh, committed uh, to support us on an episode by episode basis. I sure appreciate uh, all that uh, all that you invest in this venture here. Yes, we are grateful to you for that. And also as a preliminary thing here, if you are listening and you have enjoyed listening to Reason Together, uh, if you would do us a quick favor and go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review if you think we've earned that. Uh, and that certainly helps us get before more uh, ears and helps the, uh, the the message of reasoning together through uh, our faith and practice out to a broader audience. So if you would please uh, feel free to go over to uh, Apple Podcasts and leave us a review and uh, and a rating, we would be grateful. We have uh, a few different things to talk about today. We'll see what kind of time we've got. Um, but we always, mm-hmm. we always, uh, in fact, today, if we've got time, we have three different uh, listener feedbacks here to deal with, uh, I believe, uh, and we'd love to hear from you. So if, if you've got a thought mm-hmm. either on what we're talking about or, or a question that just comes to mind, uh, you know, just it may seem like an insignificant or an odd question and really turn out once we, once we throw it out there and bat it around to be something pretty significant. So, uh, you know, feel free to just uh, quick get into your email there, reasontogetherpodcast at gmail.com. Drop us a line. Let us know what you're thinking, and uh, and we'd look forward to seeing it. Yeah. Um, well, as for this list of questions here, um, y- you know my... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. My, my, my penchant for wanting to deal with these don't peak ones first. <laughs> um, but yet we have listener feedbacks. Do you, do you have a preference here? Yes, as to I would fa- probably as, hit as the feedback first. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, let's go with the feedback first. Let's let's do this picky eater one first. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. um, this we recently talked about. This was your question, actually. I think that you had asked. Yeah, somebody uh, had asked about, me. I think about um, yeah. Is is uh, being a picky eater a bad testimony? Poor testimony. Yeah. 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 And 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 I think we had concluded that that yes, it certainly can be. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean you can never have you know allergies or certain restrictions sure. that you place on yourself. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, this is from one of our patrons from Omar. He says, as far as picky eaters, I think there's a difference between kids who have a few things they don't prefer to eat and a kid who has a whole list of, a co- uh, of common foods that they refuse to eat. I like this example. For ex- <laughs> yeah. For example, here's the example he gives. Johnny will only eat spaghetti without meatballs, and you have to cut his sandwiches diagonally. And if you put so much milk in his Lucky Charms that the marshmallows float, he won't eat them. And he doesn't eat anything green, etc. <laughs> and on and um, on. Yeah, and on and on it goes. To me, it seems this is allowing a dangerous level of autonomy uh, to a child who is not yet old enough to make those decisions for himself. I would say that if this kind of pickiness or personal food preferences, except for actual food allergies, gets in the way of fellowship with fellow believers, then it has crossed a line that spiritually it has no right to cross. 
I know that some churches are discontinuing potluck meals because of the division caused by, quote, non-GMO, locally sourced, gluten-free, <laughs> organic, vegan, etc. cetera, end quote. Uh, that's sad. Wow, that's that in, from Omar. That's interesting. I, I mean, I, I go wow to think about that. That a, a potluck meal at a church, you know that that there's that many restrictions on it that people won't even get together and eat. Then it'll oh, okay. I have not heard of this. I I, I have not heard of I this. Have to say, but he says he's heard of this happening. Yeah, kudos to our ladies. Um, I feel like there there are some that deal with maybe a gluten-free or something like that. And they'll actually make dishes and bring it and then put a little sign in it, you know, that says gluten-free. So the ladies who don't eat that, oh, okay, I can take, you know, I I can take that. And so it's really, it's not restricting them. It's actually providing those people an alternative and showing, um, look, we can, you know, we can help each other here or whatever. And I, and I like that, but, uh, wow. When you get, um, pretty, wow. Right. Yeah. I was at a church one time, um, up in Maine and the, the pastor is kind of a funny guy. And, and, uh, they had a, a potluck dinner after the service, mm-hmm. uh, like a luncheon thing. And, and there was fried chicken there mm-hmm. and he was just raving about the fried chicken. And he said, brother, I know it's not healthy, but you got, you just got to preach the word and eat the bird. <laughs> <laughs> so we're and it's bird. like, it makes me think that, you know, when everybody's being picky at the potluck dinner about the thing, it just, just shut up and eat the bird. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think his statement here, uh, I, I like the way he expresses it when he says, it seems this is allowing a dangerous level of autonomy to a child who is not yet old enough to make those decisions for himself. You know, that idea of autonomy mm-hmm. to say, you know, well, whatever, you know, whatever you want, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll tailor the home around you. No, no, uh, you're in orbit um, in this home. You know, you're not the nucleus. <laughs> you're, everything doesn't revolve around you. And, uh, you know, you're just going to, I'm sorry, bud, you're going to have to learn to eat some, you know, mushy Lucky Charms here or whatever, because <laughs> uh, things aren't, right. things aren't flexing like that. <laughs> and, uh, and we've got to right. get, we got to get over that. And I, I, you're, you're eating your sandwich with the crust on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You eat that crust. So it, uh, right. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we've all seen stuff like that, you know, a kid that doesn't like one thing or the other, but to let that, sure, to let that actually rule over, you know, or, or greatly infringe on this, you know, kind of fellowship or just a family dynamic or moms having to make, you know, a specific meal or, or guide around that. Right. Now, I have heard, I think about well, it, this one situation, I have heard of a missionary lady who said in this particular country they were in, they would always use, they, they regularly use this spice that was, was spicy, it was very, it was very hot. <laughs> and of course, that would be a level of discomfort to eat very hot foods if you're not used to sure. that. So she actually, yeah. you know, uh, would s- slowly started putting it into their food and training the kids to eat it. So they got used to that spice, mm-hmm. you know, well, good for her. You know, she's sure. actually acclimating them to that hot spice and not just saying, you know, well, forever, we can't ever eat their local food, you know, just because we just can't do that. Right. Yeah. That, that's better than just, you know, suffering through it in one go and saying, <laughs> okay, kid, tough it out, you know, <laughs> at least inoculate yes, them right. to it a little bit. That's, that's a good thing. I just, I think the alternative that Omar is describing here, the example he gives is just kind of one step away from the kid learning that they have the right to make demands. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because essentially and, it's what they're doing. Their, yeah. their want is their demand. That is essentially yeah. what they're doing. And and kids are not stupid. You know, They realize certain things are transferable from one category to the next. And if they can make demands with their food, then what else are they going to start making demands with? Mm. Uh, and then you have to tell the child they don't, they don't have the right to make demands. And then they, well, they think, well, you let me do that with my food and so on. So you end up with this whole you know, ugly mix up um, where it's not clear that there's an authority figure. Mm. Which, I mean, that could lead into a much broader discussion, you know, about just, just general child rearing and the dynamic of the home. Um, sure. Yeah. And, and just that idea of, of authority and a child recognizing where do I fit in this family? What is my role? <clears throat> and for children to understand that concept of submission, uh, especially, obviously it kicks in when, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't agree that I should eat this because I don't like it. <laughs> but right. uh, Anyway, so interesting discussion. And uh, Omar, thanks for the yeah. feedback on that. Yeah. Thank uh, you, Omar. Also, and he's also, got another one here. Yeah. Also gives us a feedback on um, the spiritual gifts. Now, um, he says, uh, well, this was our 
episode with Ethan or Ethan invited Correct. himself back. <laughs> and I don't say that <laughs> <Yes>. with any, <laughs> with any disappointment, we enjoyed the conversation and, yes. uh, and appreciate Ethan. Uh, but he says, you all discussed Moses' spiritual <laughs> gifts, but aren't all of the Bible's teachings on spiritual gifts specifically within the context of the church and enabled by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit? Would you see some kind of, op op or excuse me, would you see some kind of continuity between Israel and the church in relation to the gifts of the Spirit? Um, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess something here. Um, yeah. I do not have a good memory. I don't feel like it's almost worrisome. Um, but as far as what we discussed in that episode, I do not have any recollection of mentioning Moses. In fact, I don't remember yeah. probably most of the conversation. So Yeah, I, I think mean, it was me. Okay. I enjoy the conversations as we go along, but I was like, I don't I don't think I even mentioned Mo I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, what or whatever it's just like. <laughs> so what's your take on it? No, you answer no, the question. I think, sure. It, it was it was me, I believe, that mentioned it. Uh, and we talked about Moses' temperament being that he struggled with anger at times, it seemed. He was angry with the children of Israel. Okay. You know, he, he lost his temper. He killed the Egyptian and so on. Um, but yet the same quality can be a good quality in leadership if, you know, aggressiveness, we might say, mm. if that is under the control of the Holy Spirit. Um, and he asked, do we see continuity between Israel and the church? The answer to that is theologically, no, I see no continuity between Israel and the church. They are separate institutions. What I do see a continuity between, and I think this is what our point was in the original episode, is continuity between spiritual gifts and personality. There hmm. is a correlation, it seems, oftentimes, between someone's gift that they have and their personality. And we've tried to flesh out before what that relationship is, and we've never really been able to fully uh, delineate the exact nuance. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so you're uh, saying what that is, you're saying that, that we thought that they were consistent and yet they are distinct. Uh, one's yes. personality yes. is distinct from the <clears throat> spiritual gift and for, for, Correct. for no other reason that a spiritual gift is given, uh, assumedly at the time of salvation. And he obviously had a personality prior to that. <laughs> sure. Right. And if you could take Moses and, and theoretically transport him forward in time into the new Testament church, I think the man would be a preacher. He would be a leader. He mm. would be an administrator uh, in a church of some kind. He wouldn't simply be a passive man. Uh, and the Lord would use him in a capacity of leadership in the New Testament church if you could move him there. That's my speculation. Obviously, we can't know that. <laughs> but uh, but but no, I don't see continuity between Israel and the church in that sense related to spiritual gifts. Um, and, and honestly, I don't know that I fully see a continuity between the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. He does certainly seem to have done things differently mm -hmm. in the Old Testament versus the New. For instance, in the Old Testament, he would come upon people at times uh, and, and, and move people and so on. Whereas in the New Testament, you see this filling and this indwelling that takes place that seems decidedly different. Um, the continuity we're seeing is between personality and spiritual gifts, uh, whatever that continuity might be. We don't know. Okay. All right. So there you go. Um, answer to that. Now, I don't mind if we uh, throw in one of our, uh, the don't <clears throat> peaks here before our next feedback. Um, okay. And uh, I'm going to ask this one. And I know this seems like an odd question, but so let me give you a context on it. Um, but okay. my question, my question basically is this, should we ever publicly disrespect someone in your life <laughs> on its face? You're like, uh, no. <laughs> But I mean, um, my, my thought is, aren't there certain, I mean, we, we offer some customarily respectful treatment to people, i.e. Uh, you walk up and you smile and you shake their hand, right? And that's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a means of respecting them. But mm -hmm. in different um, uh, circumstances of life or different, you know, avenues, are there ever, is there ever a time when you wouldn't shake someone's hand because you're basically trying to say, no, I don't respect that position for that is, what's that that is so creepy i was just like i i i'm telling you with god as my witness i did not look at your question it says don't peek i didn't peek <laughs> but i was just thinking about this yesterday <laughs> just yesterday yeah because a couple weeks ago i ran into someone uh who does not have a good standing with with churches Right, they they don't believe in church membership. They're kind of a floater. Mm -hmm. um, they 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 are they're very much um, kind of posers 
um, and they've rejected the authority of the scriptures. They've been they've been counseled with scripture, and the answer that was received was, "I don't care." <laughs> mm-hmm. So they've got mm-hmm. a, a pretty uh, dubious relationship with scriptural authority. And mm-hmm. I ran into this 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 person recently, and uh, just instinctively, you know, and and to avoid any awkwardness, they they you know when they put out their hand, I shook their hand. Sure, but yet inside, I hated doing that. Mm-hmm. And I thought yesterday, what if I ran into this other person who has kind of a similar problem? Would I would I shake their hand too? And I was actually thinking about: Is it ever appropriate in this culture to refuse the hand um, because you don't really respect someone's standing? Yeah, or 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 their overall character, or their doctrine, or thinking. Like for instance, say in the political realm. Um, you know, if I were the president, you know, and I had this meeting with the bully of, you know, the president of the bully of Asia, you know, China, um, and, and okay, do you, do you extend the hand and shake it and say like, you know, Hey, you know, and respect him in that way? Or do you think, no, I'm in complete opposition to you because you're an enemy of our country. You know, you're, Mm -hmm. uh, you're pro killing of children. You're uh, a very immoral man, uh, on, you know, I'd say on, on different levels. I don't respect you. I don't, um, I don't recognize, you know what I'm saying? I, mm-hmm. I don't respect you. I, I stand totally, uh, opposed to you, uh, in, in different ways. So then do you just not shake the hand? Now I'm sure that maybe there's different thoughts on, oh my goodness, you, you know, you'd spark outrage in the country and start a war and blah, 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 blah. Okay. But I mean, is that, would it, could it be biblically legitimate to not show kindness or deference in that way? or Let's say you and uh, let's say we're we're at an airport, right? And um, and you you uh, you're in line, or you know you you happen to see uh, Joel Osteen or something, you know, some 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 guy like that. Um, and he you know smiles at you, says, "Hey, do you do you put your hand out and say, hey, how you doing, Joel?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you know, you could just make can we get a selfie? Um, do you or do you say no? I don't. Uh, agree with you or your direction or your doctrine or your whatever. You know, and, I, and I'm just picking the name. There could be others, but you yeah. know, I'm just saying somebody that you say, uh, or, or maybe it's even uh, somebody who calls himself, uh, and, and, I'm, and I, I don't necessarily have a name in mind here, but I'm just saying maybe it's somebody that's <clears throat> closer to home, like a, a hyper authoritarian, caustic, uh, supposedly, you know, fundamentalist leader that you feel like it has been very damaging to churches and hurtful to people. Mm-hmm. And then you meet them. Do you just treat them like, Hey, yeah, yeah, you're one of us, you know, just hey, you shake his hand and be kind and be sweet and act like, you know, it's kind of disregard any, any uh, disagreements you might have, or do you just kind of yeah. treat him coolly? Don't extend the hand um, and, and let him walk away thinking, I don't think that guy really liked me. Um, what's your take yeah. on that? Because you know, I'll, uh, I'll throw in something else in a minute. As for the morality of it, um, I'm struggling to think of a biblical example. Um, the closest I can think of right now, but I don't think it's completely analogous, is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and and Daniel. Mm. Um, for mm. instance, they they refused to bow, but that again was an issue of overt idolatry. Which right. you know, obviously, right. they were going to refuse that. But then Daniel refusing the the portion of the king's meat, um, you know, that's that that I suppose could have been, in a sense, a disrespectful move, depending on the culture. But again, I don't think that's a great example either. Uh, so I'm struggling to find a biblical example to justify the morality of openly disrespecting someone. But I I, I can't say that my conscience has a problem with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, can I, I? I can't say that my conscience does. Can I offer um, maybe a little comparison with that? Um, another line of questioning here. But when, you know, they, they refused the king's meat, essentially, or, you know, had purposed in his heart that he would not eat of this meat. And yet there is something um, that he did appeal. He did um, uh, appeal to the authority in an appropriate way. So he was not disrespectful in that way. Um, and of course, Nebuchadnezzar would have been a, you know, a pagan, immoral man of sorts. Uh, so am I advocating that Daniel, you know, just walk up and not shake his hand and not treat him friendly? No, um, no, I guess I'd, I'm not seeing in a sense where, where, 
you are essentially a slave to somebody and you shouldn't treat them with respect. I think there's scriptural teaching that way mm-hmm. that, I mean, of course, you obey them, um, you know, and you serve them as, you know, you work as under the Lord and things like that. But in an, in an environment where we're on an equal plane, um, that we're both free American citizens, we can think what we want to think. Um, I don't owe you, uh, you know, or I don't serve you in that way. Should, should I always be serving? Should, do I always owe people respect? Um, you know, what if he is, you know, what if it is a, uh, you know, a wicked, dirty person? Or what if he's a, a harmful uh, person? Does showing respect somehow communicate or lessen uh, his, his grievance or communicate to yeah. other people that I'm okay with it? Yeah, I, I think it can. Um, you know, the other example that comes to mind, perhaps in the New Testament, um, is uh, when in Galatians chapter two, when they're at this meal and Paul withstands Peter to the face mm. because he was mm-hmm. to be blamed for dissimulation um, or dissembling is the word that's there, I believe. Um, so, uh, but but again, is that was that public disrespect? I don't know. It's it, that's why I guess the question yeah. is, what do you mean by disrespect? Because uh, if if simply disagreeing with someone and showing your disagreement in a public way, if that's disrespect, I'm okay with it. Yeah, well, and that's a good point. Um, I'd ha- I had to think over my 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 uh, definition there. <clears throat> I guess um, I, I I do mean disrespect in the sense that. You know, to not offer someone the hand, and by that, you know, in, in our American culture, the shaking of the hand is to um, is to say, uh, I don't think you're worthy of a handshake, and thus it is to detract from their perceived value, which is disrespect. Um, mm-hmm. But what you're saying, I wonder if if an alternative to that is kindness with frankness, is being totally open uh, with people. And not being ashamed at all to disagree with them, uh, you know, and, mm-hmm. and just being, uh, you know, being kind to people, uh, but not backing an inch from what you believe. And when they say something, you just yeah. kindly say, well, you, bro- you know, brother, you know, you and I don't agree on that. I think you're, uh, you know, way off the deep end on that. Here's, here's yeah. where I stand, where <clears throat> I solidly stand. Well, and so there's a disagreement, but yet there's still kindness. Yeah, and and I guess that's maybe a, a different phase of the discussion because now you're dealing with what happens next. Mm. You know, if I if I think I'm going to have the opportunity to have a conversation, um, if I think that this is someone I can potentially influence in the right direction, then maybe open openly disrespecting them at the outset might not be a great way to start. Um, <clears throat> so so I guess that's kind of a different phase of the discussion. Is is what do I presume is going to happen? next after I meet this person? Mm -hmm. Am I going to have a conversation or is this just going to be, you know, a meet and greet and then I walk on? Uh, You know, am I in like some sort of receiving line or something where they're shaking everybody's hand and they get to me and I go, you know, no thanks, (laughs) you know, and they just keep walking. Um, You you know what I'm saying? Um, So, yeah, I'm thinking through what you just said, a meet and greet. I was thinking of like a receiving line. No, that's not what you're talking about. Okay, a meet and greet. Um, You know, you're just milling around with a bunch of guys and you can either meet yeah. the guy or not meet the guy and you just sort of avoid him. Yeah. Um, or Well, well, I guess what I'm saying is if, if I think I'm going to have the opportunity to actually have a conversation, mm-hmm. then refusing the hand at the outset or, or some other form of overt disrespect may not be the best start. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause it's already put them on defensive ground mm-hmm. when it comes to talking with me. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Sure. But if it's someone who's belligerent and there's just no talking with them at all, and I have no chance of a conversation with them uh, and so on, if they've already indicated in some sense that I have no influence over them, uh, then then yeah, I don't see a need to actually put out my hand and shake their hand. You know, I can, I can voice my, my disagreement with them you know, Pretty with a gesture up. like that and then move on. Um, good, good. <clears throat> and I, and the one other, you know, scriptural thought that comes to mind is, you know, when, when someone's disciplined from the church and you treat them as a publican or whatever, what, what does that mean? Are you, you mean to them? Well, no. Um, but what's the point of, of church discipline is to bring people back, you know, to, to, yeah to draw them back to repentance. And of course that should, there should be some sense of, 
separation and that you don't enjoy the fellowship that we once had, but not because we're mean, but because yeah. we, we are loving and yet we're separated now. We can't, uh, we can't fellowship in the way that we could before. Yeah. Um, so, so, so I'm saying that doesn't, you know, just as we would say, well, that doesn't require a meanness. It just requires a separation. Um, I don't. And yet on the other hand, you know, think about how Jesus, uh, obviously he was <laughs> very frank in his disapproval of the sure. uh, religious establishment, you know, would he have gone about mm -hmm. and shook their hand? Well, that was maybe a cultural thing then, but I mean, he just pretty straight up, you know, said that they were wrong. And then in their, you know, in their presence said, don't be like these guys <laughs> because they're blind leaders of the blind. Right. So, I mean, that's where truth was very, um, uh, Frank's, I, there's Frank, but I'm, there's another word I'm looking for. But anyway, you know, truth was very evident and it could be spoken, uh, very candidly. Um, so maybe it doesn't just have to be like brought down. It's almost the flip side to me of sometimes handing out a tract. You know, I should hmm. talk to okay. the guy. It'd be nice to get into a conversation and to, you know, or to try to plant plant a seed or put a stone in his shoe, as as the phrase goes. Uh, try to have some sort of conversation, but I I minimize it to this one interaction with the tract. Be like, here, read this. Um, right. Like that's gonna, you know, that's that relieves me of my obligation. Well, to flip that around, instead of saying I should be prepared with the defense of what I believe and what I disagree with. And how to interact with this person? I simply, well, I'm going to get it all done with. I don't, I don't shake your hand. <laughs> you know, well, maybe I like see. you say, that's okay. not the most effective <clears throat> means of demonstrating your disagreement. Yeah. But do you think, do you think that that would be in some senses warranted when someone has a uh, a strained or rebellious relationship to the things of God, um, or or they're theologically in error and they've demonstrated that they're they're not willing to change their mind. Like, like the guy I ran into, um, who, you know, left the church, uh, because he didn't agree with church membership, um, and, and didn't want to be accountable to any church. Um, would that have been appropriate to not r shake his hand or should I be like some preachers be the eternal optimist where I need to always handle everyone sensitively in every transaction because they might, fingers crossed, they might come back. Well, see, again, I maybe it's 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 honing it down to that actual action. Could you shake their hand and say, "Brother, I've sure missed you." I'm, you know, and if he says, "Well, we don't this," you know, I could see even certain personalities going. Now, brother, you and I both know that you didn't care. You know, <laughs> your wife didn't care for you know, blah, 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 blah. And just being very candid, um, mm -hmm. you know, it, it wasn't so much about the handshake. It's about, you know, identifying the elephant room um, and, and addressing right. where it is that we're crossways with each other. Um, I, I wouldn't say that that would necessarily have to be a, a not handshake thing. To me, there's still somebody that it depends, I guess, in your mind, I, I would think maybe what is the level if that if this guy's an apostate, like he is a false teacher or he's, he's someone who, who, who you feel like is in a leadership position who knows better. You should know truth and you are misleading people because, you know, you want the name, you want the authority, you want the control. I don't really respect your position because you're just, mis mm -hmm. you're just misusing uh, authority <clears throat> in God's name. And that is tremendously reprehensible. I have you know, I have no desire to be around you and, and I don't have to act, you know, super diplomatic and kind and winning right. necessarily um, versus somebody who, yeah, he's a sheep, he's wandering, he, he's not, he's rebellious at the moment, but, you know, is that, is right. that worthy well, sure. of a full I mean, on? <laughs> and it, yeah, an intentional heretic is worse than an ignorant heretic <laughs> in some sense, even though they're both doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Okay. So, um, hmm. yeah, I don't Listeners, know. Listeners, if you have any thoughts about that, please, yeah, um, we'd like to hear them. Reason Together Podcast at Gmail dot com, and, and even some other scenarios like, um, uh, what what is a kind of person that you would approach that you would even question? Should I shake this guy's hand? And I and, and we bring it down mm -hmm. to the to the shaking of the hand. Maybe it's something different in your mind. Maybe the showing of respect is uh, a different action. You know. Um, you wouldn't invite them over or you wouldn't, whatever. I don't know. But how, how do you kind of digest that question and, and answer that 
Um, but is there ever a place to publicly or, or even personally just demonstrate to someone, I do not at all care for who you are and what you believe and what you do? You know, yeah, and not try to. Yeah, make I think I, I think that... we answered that in the affirmative. Um, that yes, <laughs> there, there like, is. Yeah, there is a time and place for that. Yeah, finding that place might be a little difficult <laughs> as far as landing on that exact spot. But sure. All right, we uh, we have a little time. Why don't we deal with this uh, uh, this evangelism one? This feedback here. Mm-hmm. Get that? Okay. Yes, let's let's do that. Uh, this is from another one of our patrons. This is from Justin. <clears throat> he says, "Here's a possible question." Uh, for the podcast, Halloween falls on a Sunday this year. Imagine a setting where the church sits in the middle of a neighborhood that is a, quote, destination for trick-or-treaters. People drive from uh, around the area to trick or treat there. Perhaps a thousand children will come through the area of the church right during the time in which you would typically have your Sunday evening service. What is the biblical approach to how the church handles this? some possible scenarios. And he gives four scenarios here. One, see it as a great evangelism opportunity, hand out candy and gospel tracts. Does this give the appearance of evil? First Thessalonians five. Uh, second option, hold your service and ignore what is going on outside. This may cause your congregation an extra half an hour trying to get to and from church and may lead to disruptions during the service. Does it make a point or come across as proud or holier than thou? Third option, Hold your evening service some other time and avoid the gathering. Does this show that you are ashamed of the gospel? Romans 1.16. Or fourth option, instead of an evening service, hold some other type of event for the congregation inviting others to come. I have seen harvest dinners and trunk or treat done in this manner. Of course, there are many, many other potential options. Even in my lifetime, Halloween has become significantly darker with many more people celebrating the day with far more and much more deplorable uh, lawn decorations, etc. How much does the Christian and the church engage with what is largely just a demonic celebration? Thanks for your time and keep up the good work, Justin. That's a good question. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a, a great layout of the question to put it in scenarios like this. Okay, you know what? Here's four different ways you could handle that. Uh, what would that be? You know, is so. So, mm-hmm. so he says. Just to recap one more time, do you basically say, "All right, we're making this an evangelistic opportunity, and in some ways, we're skipping the service to you know hand out uh, candy and tracks," or right. do you ignore it and go on like usual? Um, do you do you avoid the whole thing by just sort of rescheduling so you can still have your normal <clears throat> church service, but at a different time, so you're not dealing with the disruption? Or do you try to uh, have a replacement or alternative activity for uh, for people where they're invited into your place to do essentially the same thing, you know, and get candy, mm-hmm. but it's in a sanctified environment? <laughs> yeah. All right. You want to um, answer well, that? I suppose maybe as a preliminary discussion, and if we can just touch on this rather than that's been a long time on it, why don't we celebrate Halloween? Um, okay. I was, yeah. uh, <clears throat> I, I, this was sent to me, oh, maybe a week ago now. And it, it floats around the internet, I believe around this time of year, every year in Christian circles. And it is a quote from the founder of the church of Satan. Hmm. Um, maybe you've heard this before. Uh, his name is Anton LaVey, mm-hmm. uh, the founder of the church the of name. Satan. Yep. Uh, it says, uh, Anton LaVey, uh, himself declared that by dressing up either by wearing a costume or by coloring oneself in celebration of Halloween signifies that you, uh, allow Satan to own you. He further said that when you adopt the pagan practices, you subconsciously dedicate yourself to the devil. He took joy in Christians who take part in the tradition saying, quote, I am glad that Christian parents let their children worship the devil at least one night out of the year. Welcome to Halloween. End quote. Uh, here's, here's my concern with this. Um, I, I searched and searched and searched to try and find the original source of this quote Mm -hmm. and I could not find it. Um, and I found one source that claimed that he said this in an interview and I could not find the interview. I could not find a publication in which there was a direct quote from the man saying this. All I could find is blog after blog after blog almost verbatim 
not just copying Anton LaVey's quote, but copying even the copy and the text around it. Um, like everyone's just ripping each other off with their blog posts, publishing this this quote from Anton LaVey mm-hmm. that I can't even source. I cannot find the original source of this quote. Um, so my only concern, and, and just because I can't find it doesn't mean it can't be found, but my only concern is that this may be another one of these quotes where uh, you know Christians who are, are maybe kind of a little uh, antagonistic, but at the same time gullible, are just sharing something around um, because it sounds, you know, like this is the nail in the coffin. This is this is the one. This is the quote that'll just put to bed mm-hmm. the entire mm-hmm. argument about why Christians shouldn't, shouldn't celebrate Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just concerned that it may be fake <laughs> is mm-hmm. all. So if, if any of you listening know the original source of this quote and can find it verified that this man actually said this in one of his publications or in an interview that he gave, I would love to see it. Um, because it really is a profound statement if it's true that that even uh, the founder of the church of satan takes pleasure and delight in the idea that christian parents would let their kids celebrate halloween yeah and that's interesting that way i do appreciate that you do your homework um and try to verify those things before spreading them um i uh i resonate with that now uh even if the quote were true uh and and anton levey said that if you put on uh, a a costume you are subconsciously submitting to the devil i don't agree with that that just because he said it no, doesn't make it true part. however no, like it's, what, it's what the you other said part. when he says i'm glad that they you know worship on halloween basically i right i get that you're right that that goes ooh ooh that lends some you know <clears throat> some credence to the darkness of it now that yeah. being said it sounds like maybe i'm i'm, I'm defending it here um for my personal and i guess I have to, um, I, I, I think when it comes down to it, and at some point I have to say, you know, there is um, obviously an autonomy of the believer to, to make the decision that he feels like he should. And, and there is, people mm-hmm. have a conscience and I can't, I can't dictate that conscience, though to me, it's pretty clear um, in, in my own conscience um, what to do about it, uh, at least how to feel about Halloween. And so my personal take on Halloween uh, is that it seems, uh, and and here, well, here's, let me go to the, the, the um, rebuttal first. I'm just dressing up my kids because kids like to dress up in costumes and they like candy and we're going to get candy. That's what, that's what probably that, well, that's all we're doing. We're going around getting candy. But to me, open your eyes to what Halloween is. I mean, just what mm-hmm. is the culture? What is the, um, what is the sense of Halloween? Why are people yeah. putting caskets <clears throat> and spider webs and skeletons in their yard to celebrate this, this yeah. holy day? Um, that's what yeah. know, holiday is. In fact, I just saw it now again. I have, have I verified it? No, but uh, my wife showed me on Facebook, there's a picture of a guy who's, whose Halloween decorations were so um, gross that they actually called uh, the, the, the police on him or something. You know, we were talking like, you know, mm-hmm. dead bodies with splatted blood and, and garbage bags with, you know, real looking bloody hands out of them or whatever, you know. Um, it's just, it, it, it's beyond like, oh, that's a little tacky or, oh, that's kind of crass. It's downright gross mm-hmm. and... Um, it speaks of death and of, mm-hmm. of, and not just death, but horror. Um, yeah. So, so the whole concept, you know, so, okay. So your kids dress well, in like Captain America and go get in, go and get in candy. Um, all right. I, it, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily match, but that's what you, you right. it's on this day that we're doing it. Right. Well, you're, you're making a better argument than I think some are with discussing the origins of Halloween, which are again not fully known mm-hmm. but regardless of that you know the origins argument is not a great argument because you know for instance you know christmas trees uh, seem to have had a, a pagan origin mm-hmm. and uh, celebrating easter on the day that we do may have had a pagan origin right right so sure. it's like do we do away with those just because the origin uh, of the celebration day was pagan and so on um, so the origins argument isn't good you're making the argument i think from like second corinthians 6 
Um, you know, what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? And so on. You know, the celebration of Halloween is about death and death is a result of the curse and the curse is the result of sin. Halloween is the celebration of the results of sin. Um, and, and whether or not the vast majority of Americans celebrate it with that in mind, dressing up as Captain America or whatever, a lot of them probably don't have death in mind and sin and the curse in mind. But those who celebrate Halloween in earnest, like as an actual holiday, there are people who are actually uh, attempting communication with Satan and they are doing demonic things and they are worshiping Satan on that day. That is their Christmas. That is their their Easter uh, to them. Um, and and by, by giving credence to the day, uh, you are in a sense trying to have fellowship with righteousness and unrighteousness and communion with light and darkness. Uh, and I think while you might be able to argue that you have some liberty uh, to 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 do it in a non earnest way, I don't think it's wise uh, to do. Yeah, I mean, I so can't... so if so, so to go back to Justin's question, if a church is is there and there are kids trick or treating around the area, um, I think it's going to have to be up to that church to decide how they practice this evangelistic opportunity. You know, if they're out there in costumes passing out candy, that might be giving too much credence to the day. Um, mm-hmm. But if they're out there passing out tracts and they're not dressed in Halloween costumes, you know, maybe they're not giving credence to the day in that that behavior and they're just taking advantage of the opportunity to pass out tracts. I don't see any problem with that. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, right. Um, I guess I was going to, yeah, I would. Maybe it's going a little too far to say, is there really even an evangelistic opportunity? I mean, obviously, I guess there's always sort of an evangelistic opportunity <laughs> right. that when I'm face to face with somebody, there's an evangelistic opportunity. Yeah. But but in this way- Depends what, on how optimistic you are. <laughs> <laughs> but what happens, you know, is, well, in order to evangelize, I have to relate with them. In order to relate with them, I have to take part to some <clears throat> degree in what they're doing. So thus, I've just- um, I've just in some sense scrubbed, you know, what they're doing. And I've said, well, this is sort of okay because I'm going to, I'm going to sort of get down in the mud with you and I'll give you candy while I'm giving you a tract, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, let's do some, let's do some beach evangelism, you know, and I'll get in my skimpy clothes and you get in your skimpy clothes and I'll, but I'll give you a tract, you know, while we're doing it. Or, or I know I'll, I'll play some, you know, I'll play some rock music in my front yard while, you know, you, you walk by so that, you know, I kind of relate with you and, but I'll give you a track. Well, to me, it's all, it, it it's kind of saying, I'll be a part of that. And to me, uh, I have very much no problem saying I want no part of that. And, um, and, right. and I'm not going to yeah. look like I'm taking, and, 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 and I think to know where you stand with it and have a justification, people say, well, why don't you do that? <clears throat> you know, you're, you're a, you know, you're awful fuddy daddy and just say, and again, this kind of goes back to the other question, just you know, being kind, but having a candid response and saying, mm-hmm. look, I understand people like candy and I'd be glad to give your kid a candy bar in two weeks. You know what I'm saying? If you come by my door sometime and say, hey, uh, Pastor Fox, could I have a candy bar? You know, not that I'd give a candy bar to any neighborhood right. come by, but I mean, I'm saying, do, do I have any <laughs> beef with giving your kid candy? No, no, not really. Um, yeah. But I am in no way interested in being any part of this day that has to do with death and gory and the worst parts of the sinful human heart and mind. Um, I, I have right. no desire. Um, so for me, would I hold my service like usual and, and look holier than thou? Uh, well, how it looks, I guess, is uh, in the eye of the beholder. But yeah, yeah, I would. I would go on with church to say, this is what we do. And this is where we are. You guys know this. We're here, you know, 52 weeks out of the year. And, uh, and it's not, you know, it's not any revelation to them that we meet for church. So to have to, you know, to have to plan my church meeting around what you do. Um, no, I mean, we're just going to go to church now on the way in, we'll smile and we'll say, hi, how are you? Oh, you know, whatever might even say that looks cute or, you know, or something. I don't know if I'd want to say that, but, you know, just say, Hey, how are you guys doing? I'd smile and I'd walk in. Um, but you know, I don't have to be like crusty and angry and mean and pushing yeah. kids out of the way. Um, so that's that's so, kind of my take. And and the whole now and again, I'm not necessarily castigating a pastor uh, who maybe hasn't thought through it in the same way. 
Um, I'm not going to say he hasn't thought through it, but the trunk or treat thing, <laughs> I'm just like, no. again, it's a replacement. It's like, um, well, let's have a Christian Halloween. Oh, hey, let's not. Let's just have a fall party in about three weeks. You know what I'm saying? Or let's do right. our own thing about, on our uh, own day. What about harvest festivals? On, on the day of Halloween? Yeah, I've heard of them being on the day of Halloween. Yeah. Or fall festivals. And again, I don't... The Isaiah is saying, okay, well, let's have... You could say, let's have something good that night. Okay, I get that. I do get that. And if that's what you want to do, that's fine. I don't know that I'd necessarily be opposed to that. But what is it? In a sense, it's like, it's our version of that, you know, right. or, or, but they might say, well, no, it's an alternative. You choose that one or this one. Okay. Um, right. All right. Well, I've heard of, of churches before having fall parties on Halloween mm -hmm. uh, for their youth and stuff like that. And while it is in no way billed or advertised as a Halloween thing, kids will show up in costumes because it's on the day. Mm -hmm. And they just presume that it is a replacement for the day, just, mm -hmm. you know, that it's the same thing, just with a different name. Um, so, again, I don't, want us, I don't want us to sound like we're trying to uh, say there's anything wrong with, with dressing up for any reason. Right, right. <laughs> um, no, I dress know? ups are fun, but, honestly. I'm right, sure. Yeah. Yes. Sure. But it's it's just we're we're not wanting to give credence to the day of Halloween. Uh, at all because of Second Corinthians six fourteen and fifteen, uh, you know. While while so so I guess we're if we could conclude it, we're saying, yeah. If if your church wants to evangelize that night, if you got a thousand kids marching by, if you think that that is an optimal form of evangelism, and and you have the 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 means and the resources to do that, I don't have a problem with somebody who wants to do that. Um, you know, depending on how they do it, well, that's so that they're not, not giving credence to the day. They're an individual believer. Right. They're an in, they're an independent church. You know, you do what you feel like you ought to do between you and the Lord. You know, right, right. Um, but yeah, the the question of whether or not that is an effective form of evangelism is certainly a legitimate question uh, to be asking. Is it better to just is in a sense ignore it and well, uh, and have your church service at the same time? Yeah, two things I want to say. One is I could see where a case could be made for providing an alternative. Um, you know, if you say uh, in a similar way that, okay, uh, you, you're having trouble, you know, uh, uh, getting over smoking. Well, every time you feel the need to, to pull out a cigarette, you get a Diet Pepsi. Or, you know what? Okay. All right. So you've got to, yeah. you know, do I want you drinking, you know, 32 gallons of pop a week? No. But man, if you're trying to get off of smoking, I say, hey, great. You got to replace yeah. it. Well, if in some ways Different you have- scenario. But if you have, a, if you have someone who says, well, I would go out and celebrate Halloween with my friends and walk around, and, you know, in, on dark streets with my costume asking strangers for candy. And you say, you know, I want to give you a better alternative. Why don't you come to church and, uh, and we'll have some snacks and some preaching and some games. Okay, if that's what you want to do, I'm not, I'm not gonna. You would I necessarily like that. Okay, great. If that's what you want to do, um, not necessarily. That's what I would do uh, because again, you're sort of highlighting the day. But in your mind, if you're providing the alternative to keep people from doing it in the traditional way and maybe being a safer and having a uh, a better influence. But my my thought, um, see, what did you say a minute ago um, about? Oh, if, you know, if, if giving candy, you know, seeing it as a form of evangelism, um, yeah, I think I think there are better ways uh, that are harder to be uh -huh. a good witness, and that is study your Bible, know what you believe, and have conversations with people. Then say, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pass out some candy to kids so that I look nice, and I give them a tract in a very non-confrontational way, which they probably won't read. And, um, right. and I'm going to go ahead and give that to them. And then I'll feel like I evangelized and that I did my part right. to reach the community. Well, um, in doing your part to reach the community, have you been like really diving into the word of God to know him and to interact with people and to invest yeah. in their lives and create relationships? Or did, so did this just sort of like salve your conscience that I gave yeah. out bags of candy and I did my part, you know, uh, I think well, that could I be... Mean, if I could, you know, push back a little bit on that, yes. I don't think it's a waste of time to do that. Um, there, there are scenarios I think in which uh, passing out a bunch of tracks in a crowded area 
is actually not bad. No, right. I don't. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. I agree with you that there are more effective ways to evangelize, even if you're only reaching one and you reach them better. It's better than reaching a thousand with something they aren't going to read. Um, but I think in some sense, by passing out tracks in a crowded area, like like we did this at the Fourth of July fireworks this past year, um, passed out hundreds of tracks in like thirty minutes. Yeah, and yeah, in that kind of fun. I, I mean. I, I, Oh, it's fun in its own way. I realized that pretty much everyone, pretty much everyone that I handed those to had no interest in them whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It was at least an opportunity for them to take interest that they ignored. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. that will hold them responsible on judgment day. And I'm I'm okay with that, as weird as that sounds, because they had an opportunity Though it might not have been a lengthy opportunity, they at least got the gospel in their hand. Uh, the Lord's going to hold them responsible for that because they could have read it. Yeah, and I and I don't I don't uh, I, I think about you know years ago we were uh, in New York City and I think it was at the subway you know and you you can like blow mm-hmm. through tracks which is great you kind of feel oh, like yeah. wow you know I'm really distributing a lot here, um, and so that that can be that can be good and and I remembered as you were talking what the thing that that <laughs> triggered me earlier was the thought that if somebody if you say um, well, people are being saved, so it's a good method. We have to be careful of that because people, mm. um, oh, well, you know, look at this, you know, look at this quote unquote Christian rock concert, you know, people were saved. So, you know, you can't knock the music. Um, no, that doesn't logically follow. Um, because basically it's saying that if any good was done at all, then it, it validated the means. It's totally pragmatic. Right. So if, yep. if I hand out, you know, this candy and I, and I kind of relate with them in this Halloween endeavor and somebody gets saved, it shows what I was doing was good. No, it just means that God worked through that and his word actually lodged in someone's heart. But it doesn't mean that there's not a more effective way that you ought to be involved in, uh, that maybe you ought right. to be looking at how can I more effectively and powerfully affect my community through, yeah. through a, you know, a strong witness. doesn't mean just because somebody got saved. Now, if somebody gets saved, praise the Lord. But it doesn't, again, validate the means per se. Right. Right. So good. Well, yeah, I, think I appreciate we beat the that question, one Justin. Death. Yeah, thank you. And, and I anticipate that, that that's, uh, you know, there's going to be a variety of opinions on that. Uh, and so, again, yeah. uh, you know, feel free to give us your feedback, reason together podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Well, with that being said, um, we are going to move over into the after show now. And if you're listening for the first time and you don't know what that is, that is a kind of somewhat behind the curtain podcast in a way uh, in which we're a little more, um, um, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's, it's paid content. (laughs) Okay. Um, That is a a special podcast uh, portion that is for our elite patrons. uh, Those that support this uh, podcast financially at a particular level. Um, if you're interested in hearing those discussions, <laughs> and there's quite a few of them uh, at yes. this point, you can go over to patreon.com slash reason together and sign up to be an elite patron. And that will give you uh, several things. It'll give you uh, access to the patron community uh, message board. It'll give you uh, a Patreon or I'm sorry, a reason together t-shirt. Uh, and you'll also have access to the, uh, the backlog of um, uh podcast after shows uh, in which we have all sorts of uh, interesting discussions. Uh, again, that's patreon.com slash reason together. Uh, but that is all we have for you today. Encouraging balance, developing perspective and connecting faith to practice. This is reason together. Mm-hmm.